Hello, my friends, Katie Day with the Movement to Texas team here with another episode of the Real Advice Podcast. I am very excited for this week's guest. Um, we have had a ton of great conversations digging into business and life. And so I know today's podcast is probably going to go in a lot of different directions. Uh, we don't really have a plan, which makes me excited and nervous for today. But I am excited to welcome Super Coach hailing from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. That sounds a little odd, but I think that's how you say it. You got it. What's going on? Janet Miller, how are you today? I'm good. It's funny. I always refer to you as Katie Day. You're never Katie. Full name. You're always Katie Day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that is my name. And I it it just it just goes. It's fine. I like it. Um, anyways, how are you doing today? What's new and how is life? What's new? Well, uh, have you found that your market's getting busy? I've had that conversation a ton. Like the first week of January, everyone was like, oh, it's quiet. It's quiet. It still feels like Q4. Q4 was one of my softest quarters ever. And then all of a sudden, week two, and then now wrapping up week three, people are like, it's busy. Yeah. I mean, I think that it just, um, I think that 20... 20 and 2021 just gave us such a weird uh, feeling for what a real estate market is because it was just, you know, we were being inundated with, with buyers and trying to find them homes and stuff like that, that like last year was, was kind of a weird year. Right. And then uh, now it uh, it's, we just don't know what to expect. Right. Like I think it's the usual kind of pickup at the beginning of the year interest rates. I know at least here in the States ticked down a little bit over the past few weeks. So that's been good for buyers and their purchasing power and at least getting them, you know, to submit applications and stuff like that. So um, I think it's going to be a very interesting year. Um, I, I've talked to all of my mortgage people and like, they're saying, you know, apps are up for them and inquiries are up and they're having way more conversations than they've had in weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting year for sure. I, I have a theory too, is that people have Christmas together and they actually have time to sit down and talk. And uh, one of the things that comes up in conversations, not only like New Year's resolutions and just kind of life in general, and yeah. they usually have the whole family over for Christmas and the conversation usually comes up as, you know what? I, I think this is the last Christmas in this house. <laughs> we're doing like, here. Yeah. It's not enough space. It's too many stairs or it's an awesome space, but I don't think I want you as my roommate anymore. Like yeah. it's usually that often happens over the holidays. And I think that's why we get the beginning of the year. We get this initial like blip of we need to talk new year, new me, new house, all the things. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's dig in. So how did you get into real estate? Oh my gosh. How did I get into real estate? So I was not in real estate until I moved to Vancouver. So prior to Vancouver, I lived in Montreal prior to Montreal. I lived in Toronto. So my, background is consumer packaged goods and even before that um pharmacy and retail things like that um we moved out to vancouver took some time off because the kids were young bought our house started looking at real estate even after we bought our house kept going to open houses kept going to open houses kept going to open houses and i was it just it was a bug yeah. I thought this was cool. This is a cool way to run a business. And then just, yeah. 
Um, that's funny. The the typical realtor answer of, of uh, I enjoyed looking at houses and, and here you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what advice would you give to a brand new agent just getting started today? Uh, the advice that I was given, which is, here's one of my favorite quotes. The day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit, right? The day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. And we live in a world where we're so wanting instant gratification. Real estate is not that kind of business. So, so much of what you do today is going to pay dividends three months, six months, might even be 12 months down the road. So there's definitely things you want to do today, whether you have a buyer or seller or not. And so some of those things are number one is study the market every single day. Be obsessed with knowing how to answer the question. How's the market? Number two is go and visit properties as much as you can, like go out to open houses, go to broker tours, know the inventory, because guess what? three or six months down the road, when you have a buyer or seller who's looking in that neighborhood, how intelligent do you sound when you can say, yeah, I saw the one down the down street, the street yeah. that sold three months ago. And this is what I know about that property compared to this property. Yeah. So study the market, study the products and get obsessed with having appointments with people and letting them know what their house is worth. If you do that, if you focus on the relationships and the knowledge the business will come. No, that's huge. And that's something that I've been hammering into our team lately, right? Because people, especially newer agents get so down with like prospecting and calls and things like that. And I'm like, you know, survey of the room. When have you ever had a buyer that you call or a client that you call and they're like, I am pre-approved and I'm ready to buy today. Let's go out and look at homes. Or I'm thinking about selling my home and I've prepped everything and it's ready to go. I just need you to come over sign the documents with me and, and put a sign in the yard, right? Like it's always a process. There's always different things that happen and, and everyone's on a different timeline. Um, yeah. So it's just like the the instant gratification, I think is something that everyone wants, but it just doesn't exist in this industry. So I coach, in addition to coaching team leaders, I coach a lot of teams. And one yeah. of the first questions when I always coach a sales team is give me a thumbs up if you study the MLS every day or no, that's a habit I still need to work on. Or no, I haven't even thought of that. I just look at the MLS when I have a, a buyer. <laughs> a client, yeah. Specific. And like 90% of the time, people go like this. And it's yeah. not necessarily out of laziness. It's because they haven't had that aha moment that, oh, yeah, no, I need to study this. Like this is my industry. I need to study this every single day. For sure. For sure. Um, What do you think the biggest mistake is of team leaders in starting their team? And I know there's, there's hundreds of them, right? But like, what do you think is the one glaring one that you're like, God, this happens all the time. So a lot of times people become team leaders is because they're phenomenal salespeople. Mm -hmm. They're just like natural networkers. They're natural relationship people. And what happens is they end up having more business than they know what to do with. And as a result, they're like, oh, I need help. Come on my team, be a buyer's agent. But they haven't thought of it like a business. Yeah. So now they've got all these people that are willing to help them, but there's a couple of things missing. And the things that are missing are, number one, an operations manual. 
because the new agents or the new admins want to know like, how, like, okay, what do you want me to do? How, how do I do this? And they're like, oh, it's all in my head. Like I don't have it documented. Yeah. Like I see that all the time. They're just like so busy running around and they're just doing things by memory. And then they get to a point when they need help, but they don't have it documented. Yeah. And then that causes them to stall because they can't delegate the tasks. For sure. So that's, that's number one is they're not prepared with an operations manual. And then number two is they're not thinking like a leader, right? They're not thinking like a leader. They're not thinking about it as a business. Like I have these people that I need to train and develop. Yeah. And so they've got all these people that like want to do deals, but you've got to have like your standards in place of what you need to do. What do you, what do you think? I mean, you're a, you're a team leader. Um, no, I mean, I think that, that like, those are huge. Um, we were told by our coach that we should hire, you know, an, an admin or, or some sort of assistant of some sort, right. Transaction coordinator or something of on the op side. Right. And don't hire an agent, get your shit straight before you start, you know, hiring agents. And the first hire I made was an agent. Uh, cause I thought I knew better. Right. Like, um, and we didn't have it. And like, luckily the agent stayed with us for two years and like worked with us, like as we built the plane as it was flying. Right. Um, yeah. And she was great. Now she runs her own team. Right. And and now she's in coaching and her, and her uh, business partner slash, you know, fiance is also in coaching and like, they're, they're like doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it like, it could have gone, uh, it should have gone a lot more poor than it did. Right. But like, she was an awesome first agent and, uh, you know, we both learned a lot in, in working together. And it's funny now, five, five years later, like when she and I have conversations looking back on it, I'm like, God, that was such a shit show. She's like, it was, but like, I learned a lot. And so did you. So yeah. Yeah. It, it's amazing how many agents out there are doing a lot of business from a revenue side Yeah, behind the scenes. It's really not operationalized For sure. and they're just winging it. I always like, I, I do a lot of interviews with people coming into coaching and, you know, you want to get paired with, with the right coach and everything. Um, and so we're really interviewing each other. And one of the questions yeah. I ask is, Hey, if I were to send you and your significant other, or your family off to Hawaii for three months, and I'm going to move to your town and run your business for you, where would I find your operations manual? Like, can you give me access to a sauna yeah. or Monday or send me a Google doc? Or do we have to get on zoom every morning and you tell me what to do and you have to have your cell phone with you at all times. So I can answer any, ask you any questions. And most agents are like, Oh yeah, it would not be a fun vacation. We would be on zoom all the time. Well, and just, just so for, for what I know about your business, aren't the majority of your clients team leaders already? Um, I've got, I've got a mixture of like a lot of them are team leaders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they, didn't, but they, didn't, they didn't start as team leaders. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just laughing. I'm like, you know, all of these, all of these teams that are like, oh shit. Yeah, no, I don't have any of that. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think that the SOPs and, and having, having things in a centralized location, like that's, that's my biggest thing right now that I've been on. Right. And like, I've, I've done like the most boring keynotes lately on SOPs and building SOPs and like building your team and stuff like that. Um, Cause it is so important and so many people don't have it. Right. And like, even if you're an individual agent, just trying to hire an assistant or have a TC or just have some part-time help, like it's gotta be out of your head and on paper, or 
it just, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Well, and even if you're running it all on your own, you're going to do it at a faster pace and you're going to be less likely to miss things if you've got it written down. Yeah, certainly. Memorizing to-do lists and dates is not the highest and best use of our brain capacity. Like leave your brain capacity for problem solving, analyzing, troubleshooting, all that kind of stuff. Leave the to-do lists and the reminders to a piece of technology or at the very least a Google Doc so you can refer to it. For sure. Um, What would be, if someone had zero SOPs, what would be the first one you would recommend them like putting putting an operations and SOP for those that don't know as we keep using this acronym? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But like what what would be something that you would say, hey, this is something that's like the must-have standard operating procedure done. Okay. So there there's two. One is the buyer process and the seller process. So just think about it. Okay. Someone says they're thinking of selling what's next, right? So it's like, Oh, I have to order these documents. I have to pull this title search, whatever it is like a step-by-step of what you do for every milestone during the selling process and the buying process. And I call those like a when this, then that checklist because it doesn't have a specific date. Everything is relative. Once they sign the documents, then we've got to do all these things. So that you absolutely need. That's one set. And then the other set is I just call it DWMQA, which is daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. So every time you do something, literally ask yourself, like, am I doing this today and today only? Or am I going to be able, do I need to do it again tomorrow or every Monday or once a month or whatever it is? And you don't have to like sit down and build the whole manual at once, but just have somewhere, even if it's just your notes app, eventually you can get it into Monday or Asana or ClickUp or something like that, but just write it down. And then it's amazing, like how quickly you just build this list up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and one of the things that we always do, especially for our transaction processing for, you know, both the buyer and seller side is we take a look at it probably quarterly. Mm-hmm. And reevaluate and make sure like, hey, are th- is this the right person that should be doing this? Is, it th- is this the right order? Are we missing any steps? Because, you know, as we go through transactions, you know, and, and things happen, right? Because no two transactions are ever the same. It's like, oh, we need to add this to the to the thing so that, that this doesn't, you know, we don't drop the ball on this. Or we need to add this because it's come up on three transactions and we should, we should be doing that as a proactive instead of reactive thing. So um, once you have them, it's not a set it and forget it thing. You definitely need to, to reevaluate them on a, on a regular cadence for sure. Absolutely. And I, and it could be like maybe the real estate board or MLS yeah. changes their rules and you have to update it. Or I think this is what you're, you were leaning towards is like you do something and it didn't result in the best client experience. Yeah. You learn from it and you're like, okay, this is what we need to do. Like, this is how we need to pivot. This is yeah. how we can make it better. But it is crazy what you can learn about yourself and your business when you write stuff down. Oh, for and sure. Refer <laughs> back to it. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's, it's like every single client's different, right? And when people ask questions, it's like, then, then like, that's normally when we start adding more things into, you know, the, the action plan for a buyer or for a seller or for after we go under a contract, but before closing, or, you know, when you clear this specific contingency, like, so um, it's always a work in progress for sure. Um, 
So I think that this year is going to be a lot different than previous years as far as real estate goes, right? 2023, um, you know, I think is going to be difficult for some, right? But I think it's going to be wildly successful for others. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I think I think with with such high buyer demand for the month of January, um, you know, I think everyone's kind of like, man, this this may be a busier year when before, you know, at the end of last year, Q4, it was like, oh, we're going to be at least 25% down on transactions. So like, you know, you're going to need to scrape to get all the business you can. Um, but I think the one thing we can all agree on in my in my long-winded statement here is that like this year is definitely going to be more of a, a skills-based market than a frenzy of just like, you know, the business comes to me. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Um, absolutely. I I think this is a year, I love using the word gritty, right? This is the, this is the year that we've really got to be gritty. And okay. the, way, the way I've been defining it is when we get into a market like this, there's one of three outcomes that's going to happen to a real estate business. It's going to survive, like it's going to get by and it's going to survive, or it's going to take a complete nosedive because they're running the business the same way that they were the past two years. And that's not going to cut it in this kind of market, or it's going to thrive. And, you know, there's a definite pattern to the agents who run a business that where the business is going to thrive. Yeah. Right. And there, there's definite it's to me, it's going to be similar to when COVID first hit, there was all, there was like a great divide. There was a yeah. group of agents I say they went into ostrich mode, right? Like they yeah. just buried their head and they're like, I will pop up when the storm is over. And, and those guys were left behind. Yeah. But then there was another group of agents that said, okay, unexpected conditions. We're not changing the what we do. We're just changing the way they do it. Yeah. So they just kept in touch with their clients. They kept checking in. They kept studying the market. They adjusted the way they did open houses and showings and wrote yeah. contracts and more electronic stuff. And their business just went, right? Like not yeah. only did they survive, but they took their business to a whole next level. And what happened is they made adjustments in terms of their systems and their skills and the level of support they had. And then a lot of people are saying like, wow, our, our business is just like, it was tough and it was crazy. But our business is better than it was before going into COVID because yeah. they adjusted. Well, and so when we look at that for this year, right? Like, what are what are the things that you think that people can do to ensure that they're not the ones taking a nosedive? Let me give you let me give you about four to five things. Yeah. Um, the, the one that I think we all could do better on is leaning into our database. Like if you if you look at, I know that sounds like I'm stating the obvious, but No, it, it's 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 not. It's, it's not at all. <laughs> it's, it's true because when you when you run your numbers through the year, I always believe that at least half to two thirds of your business needs to come from your database. Yeah. If it's higher than that, it's like putting all your money in one stock and it's a little bit risky. But it is definitely your top producing stock, your top producing asset, right? Yeah. And so you really want to lean into your database, like your past clients, referrals from that group, your center of influence, your referrals from that group, 
yeah. and agent referrals, right? Like yeah. that, those people already have positive things to say about you. You know them. Yeah. And it's usually a faster conversion rate. For sure. And the cost per lead is usually not that high compared to everything else. Definitely. So like really leaning into that. Okay. And then to me, what's layered into that is having really strong reviews okay. and having a really strong presence online. Like yeah. how great is it when someone says, Hey Katie, we've never met you before, but we've been watching your videos. Like you're always doing yeah. those tips where you're like, I, we always see in your move me to Texas t-shirt. And we just knew that when it came to time to sell our house, we yeah. wanted to hire you because we know you and your team would take care of us. Yeah. Like that is a great way to, to get business. So I would say like really lean into your your database, go all in on getting those reviews, make sure your content really highlights where you're the expert. So that's the first thing. Okay. The other thing, and it ties into what we were talking about before, is be a tactical operator, like run your businesses by processes and checklists. Yeah. Your head is not an operations manual. Start to write if like if you're at ground zero for this, just start to write things down and get it moved into some kind of project management tool so you can delegate it, assign a due date, all those things, right? So yeah, be, being a tactical operator. Um, the other thing that I'm a little obsessed with is live by a time block schedule, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of us are guilty of saying yes too much. And if you say no, it doesn't mean screw you. I don't want to help you. It just means not now. Like yeah. it just doesn't, it just, when you're asking me for this request right now in this moment, I can't help you right now, but I could help you after three o'clock or I could help you tomorrow after five. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. be okay. Be okay to say not now. Cause I, I mean, I hear that all the time from agents. Oh, I was, I, I really wanted to sit down and make my phone calls and send my text messages and, and reach out and follow up. But then this client asked me to go see a property. And so I dropped everything I was supposed to do on my schedule. And then I went yeah. and did going and right. Yeah. So really, Not, be, yeah. Re really be disciplined about your time block schedule. And then the the last two are what we talked about earlier too, is get really smart, get really intelligent about knowing about the market yeah. and knowing about the products. Yeah. Right? Like go, go, go visit, go to open houses, go visit the products, know how, this one compares to the one down the street. And if you just put your head down and just do the work, focus on relationships, know your product, know the market, you're going to be fine. I love this. Um, it's such like a concise list and it's so simple, right? But it's like so complex as well, you know? And it's like, it's one of those things. And I've, I've asked some people on the team this recently. It's like, we're kind of going over their day and like what they're doing and like, like, Oh, well, I just, you know, I just, I'm so busy. I'm like, well, what are you doing with your time? Cause like, all I want you to be doing is calling your database, previewing properties, prospecting and like making market updates and, and studying the market. Like wh what are you doing with your day? If you're working from 10 AM to 7 PM, because yeah. you're not selling houses. Right. And like, these things are going to push you closer to selling houses, you know? And, um, 
I love that database being a tactical operator, time blocking market knowledge, and then product knowledge. It just, it's, I love it. And I'll throw one more in there. All right. Bonus, bonus tip. What's that? (laughs) So I think if you asked an agent and tell me if this is true for agents that you work with, if I said to them, okay, how many deals do you want to do this year? I think most of them could tell me a number. Of course. Right. Oh, I want to do 36 deals this year. Yeah. But if you really want to make it happen, you got to reverse engineer it and say, okay, I want to do 36 deals. I'm going to help 22 buyers, 14 sellers. If I want to put 14 sold stickers up, I got to put 16 for sale signs in the ground. And that means I've got to go on 32 listing appointments this year. And that means I want to get 11 listing appointments by the end of this quarter. And that means on average, I got to do about one to two per week. Right. Then you've just then you've got a plan. So then, you know, every week, okay, over the next seven days, I got to get one to two listing appointments. Okay, what's in my schedule that's going to maximize the chances of that happening? So you mean going to lunch and going to that lender's class and picking up the phone, shooting, shooting content, having having coffee, hosting an open. Yeah, it's very it's very similar. If you said, hey, I want to lose 25 pounds by the end of March. Okay, so if I lost two pounds a week, I'd be on track. And then I would say, okay, what's my diet and exercise plan to make that happen? Yeah, I'm going for a hike. I'm going to work it with my trainer. But then I would also look at what's happening in my calendar on over the next seven days that could throw me off. Yeah, right. Like, oh, I'm going to that birthday party. I really want to have champagne and chocolate cake. Go ahead, have it. But what are you going to do to make up for that? Same thing, right? If you look at your calendar, you're like, you know what? I'm taking the day off. I'm going skiing. Then take the day off. Yeah. But just figure out how you're going to balance it out. So at the end of the week, you still get the results that you want. Yeah. No, I mean, that's... Being intentional and proactive. And that's, that's, I think... 95% 95% of agents that aren't seeing the results that they want in their business, they are not intentional. They're just taking everything, you know, as it comes and they're reactive to everything that's happening. Right. And so, you know, I think that intentional and proactive is huge, you know, to ensure that you're planning out your week for success. Um, and like, yeah, the time blocking is, is so big um, because, you know, yeah, just popping up to go show homes or, or, you know, whatever it may be is uh, not the best way to run your business. No, you'll do some business. You might do some business, but it's not a predictable business model. Yeah. And it's probably not going to help you get to your goals. No, for sure. I mean, in real estate, like as as we both know, right. And as I'm sure a lot of the people listening know as well, it's like, it is a numbers game, right? So it's like figuring out what that looks like for you based on your conversion ratios, based on how many appointments you close, based on how many of your buyers actually write contracts and get under contract. Um, is a very easy, you know, kind of reverse engineer to get to of like, all right, I have to have, I have to have 10 conversations a week to sell my 36 homes or whatever that looks like. So I like it. I like it. All right. Switching gears a little bit. Uh, We've talked about stuff for new agents. We talked about teams, SOPs, um, ways to make sure that your business succeeds in 2023. What do you think is one book that all real estate agents should read? 
So team leaders, the one that I'm obsessed with right now, it's not a new book, but I just think it's so good is Traction. Okay. Have you read Traction? I own Traction. I have it. Okay. The, The reason I think it makes so much sense is it's all about the entrepreneurial operating system, right? And it talks about the six pillars you need in your business. And I think there's so many, um, there's so many exercises you can go through and evaluate like how you do your meetings. Yeah. That's a key one, right? How you decide what tasks to keep and what tasks to delegate, how you decide who's the right person for your business crafting your vision, having your core values. Like it just covers all aspects of business. It has nothing to do with real estate, but what it has to do with is running your business like a CEO. Yeah. Which is is what everyone should be doing. Which is what Um, everybody should be doing. I have it. I know I need to read it. I know that uh, implementing the uh, meetings and things and having someone to you know, actually get shit done for me is, is a thing. Um, so it's on my list. It's a good one. It's on my list. No, it, it's a real, that's probably, probably one of my favorite ones. Um, the other person I, I listen to a lot and I, like I say, I listen to cause I watch a lot. I've read a lot of his books, but I listen to a lot of his YouTube, watch a lot of his YouTube videos is anything by Benjamin Hardy. Okay. Personality isn't permanent who, not how, yeah. Um, the gap versus the gain. Again, it's all about like nothing to do with real estate specifically, but all, but all about sort of big picture thinking, getting your mindset, right. Learning how to delegate all those things that we just need to have and do to run a successful business and have a balanced life. Well, and I think that's a lot of the downfall of agents, right? Is like not running it like a business. Like we hear mm-hmm. that a lot, right? They have no plan. They have no whatever. Um, so yeah, those those kind of um, entrepreneurial books or, or more just business books, I think are super beneficial because um, it's not necessarily real estate specific, but it gives you a good framework, you know, to mirror and to, to use in, in this industry. So um, yeah, I'm a fan. Awesome. I like it. Cool. Um, all right. If, it were your last meal on earth, what would you eat? What would you be eating? Oh, well, if it was my last meal, see, now is not a good time to ask me because I'm doing like dry January and <laughs> really healthy, but probably it would involve a really good glass of wine. Okay. Involve a really good glass of wine um, and probably a really good pasta like a super fresh pasta with seafood in it okay nothing creamy just very very pure and fresh all right i like it i like it a lot um yeah i like it all right janet i appreciate you and your time um and kind of going over such great framework for what agents can do to have a successful 2023 especially as you know this is going to be a lot different of a year than we've seen in the past couple of years so really very much appreciate that um if someone doesn't already follow you um where's the best place for them to connect with you uh, it's really easy. Janetmiller.coach is actually the domain name for my website. And it's actually how you connect with me on Instagram. That's the that's the best place to get me. 
I love it. I always love when people have the same, you know, username across all platforms and yours is even your domain name too, which is even better. Um, but anyways, thank you so much for your time today. Again, very much appreciated. And um, I've got my notes written down for, for our, uh, our plan for 2023 to stay on it and to thrive, not nosedive. So very much appreciated. It was fun. Thanks.